Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Friday, August 14th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. Everyone, welcome to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bulger, and I'm Brett Goodman. We come to you three times a week, and we try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. We are so glad to have the Reverend Alan Dyer on the show with us today. He's the senior pastor at St. Simon's Presbyterian Church in St. Simon's, Georgia. He's also a really good friend of mine, and I'm excited to hear what he has to say. But before we begin. Let us start with a prayer that was adapted from a prayer that Pope Clement XI wrote. Let us pray. I offer my thoughts to be fixed on you, Lord, my words to have you for their theme, my actions to reflect my love for you, my sufferings to be endured for your greater glory. I want to do what you ask of me and the way you ask. For as long as you ask, because you asked it. Lord, enlighten my understanding, strengthen my will, purify my heart, and make me holy. Amen. Amen. Listen to the words of Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his surpassing greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with clanging cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. Alan, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here with us today. We, of course, are talking about Psalm 150. And it's a psalm that talks about praising God. And it talks a lot about the different instruments that can be used to praise God. And it got me to thinking that I think there are times when there are songs or a piece of music that can relay something in a way that words can't. And so I'm wondering... If there's a particular song you can think of that speaks to you or moves you in some way, church song or other. Yeah, so it's funny to be asking this question in this time when we're told we can't sing together. It is weird, right? Right. And uh, uh, I was giving you grief before the interview about uh, your relaxing vacation, and uh, I took one myself two weeks ago. There's a group of Uh, friends from seminary who do vacation together for a week uh, every summer. Tara knows at least one of them, maybe both of them. And uh, one of the nights uh, we were all sitting around after the kids had finally uh, mercifully gone to sleep. And um, uh, one of the group is an incredibly gifted musician and she pulls her guitar out. And we just sort of spontaneously start singing. Wow. Uh, And what was interesting to me 
Well, I guess there were two things. I woke up the next morning and I thought to myself, oh no, we've just like created a super spreader event in our Airbnb <laughs> on the lake. Uh, if there were kids, it was getting spread anyway. Ain't that the truth. Uh, fortunately, we're all still very healthy and we had done everything ahead of time to make sure we were being safe about it. But, you know, we sat there for, gosh, for like two hours, just like going through songs. Yeah. And, and what was interesting to me as a non-musician even is it was in that moment where I realized how much I missed singing. Yes. Like singing as a group, singing as a congregation, singing as a church, because we were going through secular songs, but we were also just, you know, pulling up Come Thou Fount or Great Is Thy Faithfulness or Amazing Grace and, and just singing these songs. And it, it dawned on me in that moment, I hadn't really thought about it. Gosh, it's been months mm -hmm. since I just sat in a space with a group of people and sang. There is one song in particular that we sang that night um, that, uh, that uh, I love. And, and I guess it is a secular song, but it's also, I think, a, a deeply theological song. It's uh, by a group of uh, artists called the Whalen Jennies. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and it's a song that some of you may know called One Voice. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, we may sing that one two or three times. That was the one that started it all, I think, because someone asked Leah to sing that because she has such a beautiful voice. And uh, um, it was just, it was incredible to sit there and, and sing that song and, and to ponder and to, uh, to feel the power of a triune God in our midst uh, in, in the singing and in the praising uh, and in just the, the gift of blending voices together in a way that, that none of us really had in a long time. It's funny you say that because this past Sunday I was on vacation, but so we pulled up the worship service here at my church and we were watching it on the TV. And like, you're just saying that, aren't you? Tara? No, I'm not. Oh, no. you really did. Well, here's the thing I sang every yeah. hymn at top volume. Yeah. Nobody else in my house was singing, but I was like, this is what worship is to me. It's my mediocre voice kind of belting it out. And of course, my teenagers were like, God, what are you doing? That's so embarrassing. I'm like, there's nobody here, it's just us. So, I think there is something about singing, about lifting my voice, whatever I have in praise of God that is incredibly moving. And you're right. I've really come to appreciate it now that we can't do it. <laughs> so this is a liturgical psalm meant to be used in worship. Um, and all of all the things we do in the worship in our tradition, in the Presbyterian tradition, is there something you find to be um, more, I guess, praiseful, if that's a word for you, than something else? More than any other element of worship, I find myself, be it in Bible study or in preaching or in teaching, um, I find myself talking about the, the confession more than anything else. And I, I remember, I think a lot of it traces back to our time in seminary, and uh, we both had Martha Moore Kish as a, uh, a theology professor. And I remember uh, a class uh, where she was just talking about how, you know, in this tradition that has lifted up preaching and has lifted up singing um, for so long, and those are incredibly important and powerful elements of worship, she said, you know, I think the singular most important thing we do every week is confess. Um, and that has stuck with me 
Uh, and, and it's amazing sort of the places and ways that it creeps up. But I do oftentimes find myself in inviting people to that time of confession, reflecting on the fact that, you know, those words that sometimes just become rote memory, if any of us claim to be without sin, we yeah. deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And really what that, that's speaking to is just, you know, if any of us claim today to have the perfect life, uh, to somehow have got it, got it right more than the person next to us. Yeah. Uh, then we're deceiving ourselves because all of us uh, are broken. Uh, Each and every person from uh, even from the great Tara Bolger on down to the (laughs) early Alan Dyer, you know, all of us are broken and, and it sets, it sets the, um, the stage for, for the, the preaching of the gospel, the hearing of the gospel and the preaching of the gospel, which is this, mind-boggling good news that despite our brokenness, God loves us anyway. I probably should have asked you, like gotten your answer for this because mine is actually the same, but confession is my favorite part. And it's because I came to the gospel late and the greatest revelation of my life is that God knows me completely and loves me still. And before I ever went to seminary, I was a youth director and I would sometimes help participate with the liturgy. And um, Jay Howell was one of my interns and he was like, you look so happy doing the confession. It's disturbing. Like I would get up there and be like, I have sinned. And he was like, you've got to tone it down. but it was just such a joy to say those words. And and also it's funny to be talking about it. I wasn't really thinking about this coming into it, but just last night laying in bed, I finished Just Mercy. Yeah. Which uh, is a, a so timely book that's been out there for a while. And of course speaks to um, issues, not just in the state of Alabama, but throughout our nation, but especially in the Southeast, including where I am. Uh, and, uh, and of course at the end, you know, he really does explore sort of what is, what is, brokenness look like and how is brokenness the prerequisite for really understanding grace um, yeah and until really we're is. yeah until we're willing and able to be honest about each of our own brokenness then how can we possibly begin to uh, grasp even a sliver of what god's grace really means i'm super clear on my brokenness alan don't worry <laughs> everyone can see it every time I every time we hang out I'm reminded I'm I'm pretty good (laughs) I'm doing great totally (laughs) and then my last question is we certainly do praise and worship Um, it is a form of praise to confess who we are and claim God's goodness but what does praise look like the other six days of the week I don't know if this is really a a satisfying answer to it but um, yeah, no, I mean, one of the things that I think a way of praise looks like is just um, finding those moments where you can just be quiet uh, and be disconnected in a way that you can actually um, open your eyes to to the beauty of life that's around you. I preached last week on Psalm 145 right before uh, the psalm that you all are visiting and worship this Sunday. And I, uh, I sort of confessed uh, in that sermon that the Psalms have always been rough for me. I, I, I just struggle with them because they're these beautiful Psalms, but then right along them are just these Psalms full of awful imagery. Really Slaughter hard. every one of yeah. my enemies, Lord. Smash <laughs> the babies against, you know, the rocks and just awful stuff. Um, and so I'd, I'd gone to Walter Brueggemann uh, to kind of 
help him hold my hand and, and walk me through it some. And, and he talks in there about a number of things, but, but he notes how Psalm 145, and I think Psalm 150 probably would be in the same ballpark. He calls it a Psalm of orientation uh, in that it just orients you to some fundamental facts about who God is. Uh, and one of the terms that he uses that I talked about on Sunday was this idea of a sacred canopy. Mm-hmm. That, um, that, that these are psalms that articulate and maintain in his words a sacred canopy. Um, but in order to really have eyes that can see that sacred canopy, you have to also, you have to be able to, to disconnect uh, enough where, um, we can, where we can look around uh, and notice the sacred in our own lives and around us. And so for me, sometimes that's as simple as like leaving my phone in my bedroom on one end of the house yeah. when I'm hanging out with my five and three-year-old on the other end of the house. Um, but it, it can also be just turning the radio off in the car uh, and just having like five minutes where there's just some quiet, you know, you're not making a phone call, you're not responding to the email, you're not listening to the talk show radio, you know, you're just having a time where you can, you can be aware and attentive to what's around you. Yeah, it is the hardest thing to be present sometimes, just simply be present. Um, Yeah, and I also think um, Every time I try to live out something that is difficult that I feel like God is calling me to, and even if I do it really terribly, I still feel like that's my shot at praise mm. um, in its own way. So it's funny you say that about the phone. I've been trying to uh, break up with my phone. And um, I think every time I start off and I try, even if I mess up by 10 o'clock, I still think that's praise in a way because I want to be more connected to God, not more connected to my phone. (laughs) All right. Well, Alan, thank you so much. Thank you, Tara. I hope all your listeners agree that I'm the most interesting guest you have ever had on your podcast. (laughs) Sounds good. Thanks. Thank you all for joining us today. Another huge thank you to Reverend Alan Dwyer for being on the show and sharing his knowledge with us. We hope you all have a good weekend and stay safe out there. We'll be back on Monday. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is upon you. Amen. Amen. Amen.